Here we are back with the athletic director. First time since really school started. It was the last time we had Trav with us. We got him for the entire hour. If you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text, 402-413-2400. I just feel like so much has happened since we had you here. Like, I think August 23rd. A lot has taken place. How are you? Well, I'm doing well. Yeah, a lot going on, and uh, time moves quickly. And um, fortunately, a lot of really good things, Greg, have happened since the last time we've been together. So that's good. Four football games. Give me your thoughts on when we won back-to-back, including Saturday over Louisiana Tech. Yeah, I suppose in a perfect world, um, having a new coaching staff, you would maybe hope to not start the season with a conference game on the road and then go on the road again with a historical rival. But, you know, re- really pleased with the progress. And um, I know Coach Rule and his staff are working really hard. And, you know, just watching our team continue to make progress. And I think you can kind of see a little bit of the blueprint that we're trying to do and we're trying to, he's trying to do in our coaching staff and uh, really building on a, on a great defense. You've got to have a great defense. You have to stop the run in the Big Ten. You have to be able to control the line of scrimmage. You have to be able to run the football. And obviously some of the other things take a little bit longer. Um, we've got a team that's still learning. You know, we're going to continue making mistakes. But, uh, boy, I don't think you can fault their effort. I mean, they're playing really hard. I think the culture is sound and uh, – um, just obviously looking for continued improvement and obviously a, a great opponent this weekend, uh, you know, in Michigan that really has the blueprint in a lot of ways to win Big Ten games and to establishing with a great defense line of scrimmaging, running the football, play action pass, do those types of things that win you big games. So uh, a great uh, a great test, but um, really proud of, of the progress so far. And a great opportunity. Big Fox will be carrying the game. It's the third time Huskers have been on that. The exposure level has been really good for the first five games. Yeah, I, you know, I, w- I would like to mention, you know, and kind of looking at it, and of course we've been on Fox, as you mentioned, but you look across the Big Ten and what our new media partners, I think it's been really great. Um, just really been great to watch those games being produced on NBC and CBS, of course, Big Noon Kickoff and, and Fox and the rest of our partners uh, the amount of exposure not only the University of Nebraska is getting, but the Big Ten in general has been really, really good. It's been produced at a really high level. And, uh, again, we're, we're appreciative of the opportunities, and we're just hopeful that, that we can come through with a big victory in one of those great games where a lot of people are watching. Saturday, I'm sure, for an athletic director, was one of your nightmarish things where you have a thunderstorm come through <laughs> and you got to stop everything. you got to make sure 90,000 people are taken care of. How did you feel like all that went? Well, I thought it went really well. Obviously, it's it's really difficult, and I'm I'm grateful to our fans, Greg. You know, I mean, when you ask people in the middle of a game, hey, um, you're going to have to vacate the premises, go seek these, you know, our fans just continue to do the right things. It's just hard to navigate through that many people. But, you know, I talked to the team once we knew that, that there was likelihood that we were going to have some weather challenges. I said, I, let's just make sure that we're buttoned down. And uh, I was just really pleased with the event management staff, all of our partners, campus partners, you know, in our football program. You know, Dr. Susan Elza, who was representing football in those meetings. And um, it was just really neat to watch. I think everything uh, uh, happened appropriately. And obviously the safety of our fans is of the utmost uh, priority. And we're hopeful that we don't have a lot of those types of games. But from time to time, when we have those disruptions, we need to have a really good process in place. You have to have one person in charge, one decision maker. And those are driven by... Uh, player and and fan safety, and I thought it was executed nearly flawlessly. And I think it was important to the coach to finish the game, not just leave eight and a half minutes out there. And Louisiana Tech looked like they cooperated pretty well to say, yeah, we'll stick around and get this thing done. Yeah, you always want to, you know, you always want to end the game. You want to complete the game and complete the competition. And, you know, Eric Woods, the athletic director, I've known him. I serve on the football oversight committee with him. And 
and a good person. It was really important to him in their program. Again, they, they had the football, and ultimately they did what they wanted to do. They wanted to keep growing their program, and they went down and scored on us. It was 28-7 at that time, and so uh, they came out and, and continued to compete and play well. So uh, that, that's just part of what we face when you play a, a fall sport like that outdoors. You're going to have occasional weather um, that's going to disrupt it. But the most important thing to me is that we have a really good plan in place. We know who clearly the decision makers are, and we have to allow them to do their jobs, and we have to communicate well. And uh, I'm sure it wasn't perfect in some areas, but by and large, I thought the team did a really, really good job. Good. Now, with delays, and you, we talked about the television partners, I know there was a, an issue, and I may be heading off a phone call tonight about this. <laughs> BTM was in a tough spot yeah. because they had a doubleheader that night with some night games, and I think some people that maybe were out of state did not get to see the conclusion of the game. They would have had to have gone to like a Fox Sports app. That's a tough spot for a network to be in. It is a tough spot, and um, you know it's one of the things that we can do too. I know that on the ticker a lot, right? They're trying to communicate. For yeah. those of you fans who are here, you're going to have to tune in there. Um, we can use our assets in terms of social media as well to try to advance that messaging, but uh, it is tough. Obviously, all of these games are built on broadcast windows, and when you have this type of disruption, um, games get moved, they get put on apps, they get on, you know, uh, uh, perhaps BTN Plus or something like that time to time. And so um, we just ask our fans to, to do their best, to have a little grace and mercy. We apologize for that disruption, and, and we can do a better job of trying to advance some of the messaging as well. Okay, very good. You talked about having a sport outdoors, weather can have a problem. That was the big fear for Volleyball Day in Nebraska. But you ended up having a really nice day that can – have that contest take place. I tell you, uh, you know, we, we are still um, sort of reveling in, in that night. And uh, again, I know we've talked a little bit about this previously and through social media and others, but our team, um, and you were part of that, but our team, I thought, executed that evening. I am not aware of a single thing, Greg, that in retrospect, we said, well, that didn't go according to our plan. Uh, and that was a result of seven months of preparation and just the really hard work of everybody. Um, I just said a me sent a message that says, number one, we're not going to spare any expense to make sure that this thing is, is, is elite, right? The one thing you can't control is you can't control the weather, you can't control humidity, and you can't control but everything relative to player safety and, and um, our team uh, went above and beyond. So the good Lord smiled down upon us. We got a beautiful evening. And I'll tell you, Greg, you know, um, if I'm totally honest, the competitive piece for me was about breaking a record, and I thought it'd be fun. I totally missed, and now I understand, the much bigger impact and, and the value and the meaning of this far beyond doing an outdoor volleyball game. When that game ended, and I had the privilege to go up on that court with Coach Cook, um, I looked at our team, and this is after the game, and every one of our players had tears in her eyes or was crying. And you saw the emotion from John Cook. That was the first time it really hit me about this impact. This wasn't just an impact for a night. This has the potential to have an ongoing impact for a long time. And uh, what a privilege and a pleasure to be a part of it. And I, again, am just so grateful to everybody who just did everything. They did their part. People worked. There's names that you'll never hear that without them, this would have not happened. And they did it because they love Nebraska. They love our volleyball program. They love the impact of women's athletics on our state and the opportunity to bring people together for something bigger than ourselves. That's what we can do in athletics. 
and people came from all over the country um, to watch this spectacle, and um, it was special. Magic Johnson tweeted about stumbling on it. He must have been flipping the channels and saw BT. And Danny Cannell, the former Florida State quarterback, who is a girl dad, got three daughters, said, boy, to see that meant a lot to him because he said a lot of girls say, man, I wish I could experience something like that. And on that night, Nebraska allowed a group of athletes to experience that kind of a crowd. You know, I got a lot of texts, too. One of the classiest texts I got was um, from the athletic director at the University of Wisconsin, Chris McIntosh. And, uh, you know, he pointed out uh, we're fierce competitors on the court and on the field. And, and uh, you know, Wisconsin and Nebraska, little rivalry, he said. But um, he, he said as a father of an incoming volleyball player, a collegiate volleyball player, just how much it meant to him and his family that we would do that at the University of Nebraska for our female student athletes. And so... Uh, just pure class from him and, and uh, its impact. I mean, beyond just, you know, some of that, you think about it, I got some of this notes from our team. We had 43 million impressions through social media. Wow. We were trying to figure out, like, like what was the true impact? $1.6 million of social brand value generated, and our Husker volleyball program gained over 60,000 followers on their Instagram and TikTok accounts. Now, I know for most people like me, they're like, what does that matter? I can assure you as we're moving forward in college athletics, those types of things matter. So a transformational uh, event that happened for our program. Got a text question. Wanted to know if you could feel comfortable sharing what the take was for the state colleges to participate in that. I don't know if you want to do that. But yeah, I'm the happy impact to. of doing that was great for Wayne State and yeah. UNK and UNO as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to actually share that. We, we, we made a commitment uh, assuming that the weather <laughs> – if, if we could play it outside. So, so each of those schools got a $50,000 honorarium. Wow. And, um, you know, we, we respectfully requested that, uh, that it be used for women's athletics and, and invested in their volleyball programs. Um, so that, that, was, that was a commitment of ours. Uh, we, we also, just so you know, and again, I'm a pretty transparent person, between all of the expenses to set it up, uh, all the field, you know, when we did the staging, part of it was we had to have twice as big. You know, John rightly was very concerned about the players. We didn't want to have any player safety issues. And so we set up, there's a small crown on the field, so you couldn't just put the floor. So we had to build staging. Well, then we put down some of the plywood and it still felt, so then we had to have a second level of plywood all screwed in. So we spent a million seven uh, on the event and uh, still generated a nice return on it. But um, the stress and, and, and the risk was we had over a million dollars of sunk cost. So if the weather would not have cooperated, uh, but you know, I think in the end, in a situation like this, uh, uh, the reward certainly outpaced the risk in this case. And we're just grateful that we had that opportunity to do it. And by the way, your team's pretty good. Well, <laughs> one small thing we haven't talked about, uh, John Cook and his staff have assembled just a, a remarkable group of talent and, um, and a team. I mean, I, um, I know Wisconsin's a really, really good volleyball program. I haven't seen them yet, but um, I sit there, you know, and I love going to those games, and they announce the starting lineup, and I always put myself in the mind of the opposing coach, and they'll say, a freshman, a freshman, a freshman, and they've got to be thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it'd be one thing if they were all seniors and it's just one year of, but the way the freshmen play, we'll have all Americans that aren't playing a ton just because of the depth on this team. I think John has done a remarkable job and his staff of managing the expectations. It's one thing to build a program. It's another thing to have elite talent 
and to keep them all focused on something bigger than their own stats. And I see, I see a great culture. I don't see, I see people who started last year that aren't playing as much this year who are equally as supportive. That's a sign of leadership and a great culture. And uh, boy, I, and I've said this before, and I'm gonna, I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, but don't take the volleyball program for granted. We look back now on our football program during that run, right? And we just kind of, you'll get comfortable thinking that it'll always be this way. There's no guarantee that volleyball at Nebraska will always be like this. So embrace it, enjoy it, and take it in. You've added some seats at Devaney for the year. That seems to have gone over pretty well. Yeah, we could have added a whole lot more. Um, but, um, you know, they're immediately sold out. We have a waiting list. Um, you know, they're, they're, you know we, we could probably add twice as many suites uh, or more and have them sold immediately. Um, but um, that again, that's just reflective of the you know it's it's one thing to win, but we talk to our coaches a lot about you know how do we play? You know, and part of what we talked about football, we talk about what Matt Rule's trying to do is have a style of play that our fans. Part of what I think our fans love about our volleyball program is it's just the way they play, like the defensive effort. The you know no ball is necessarily down, right? Just based on. Lexi and the rest of that team that are gonna they're gonna they're gonna go for it and it's just so fun to watch and I think it, our fans really identify with that kind of effort and uh, passion. We get this question from time to time, so I'm passing it on to you. Any thought about moving some matches to PBA to increase the attendance level? Yeah, it, it is a good thought. You know, I mean, um, there's a, there's a couple things at play. Um, first of all, you know. You have to be careful because PBA doesn't always have guaranteed dates, right? So they're in the concert business, and so they need some flexibility there. Secondly, obviously, there's going to have to be an expense, you know, at PBA because it's not our facility. Right. It's a city-owned facility, and so there's some expense there. And so secondly, then you're sitting with a venue that is paid for, that doesn't have any debt service, and that doesn't have any rental cost. Uh, and quite frankly, I think John has really built a home court you know, advantage there within an advantage. So certainly not saying it'll never happen. Um, it's something that I think uh, from time to time we can think about some different creative and entrepreneurial ways. Um, but uh, total transparency, I really haven't had that conversation with Coach Cook. I wouldn't even know what his perspective would be on it at this point. Very good. All right, folks, phone lines, text lines open for you, 402-413-2400. That is our Woodhouse Auto Family Hotline. They are your trusted auto partner. 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. More with Trev coming up. We're back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, which is sponsored by Acres, the Midwest premier John Deere dealers, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more Acres solutions for every field. It is our athletic director show for the month of September. We are into fall. Huskers have a home game Saturday against the Michigan Wolverines. Got a text question for you. You'll get a chuckle out of this initially, I think. Uh, question for Trev. Why has the Nebraska Athletic Department continued to allow the football program to have to play its first game on the road in conference for the past four years? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm not sure that we've allowed the Big Ten. Uh, the reality is, you know, uh, my good friend Pratt Kraft and I uh, talk about this um, for whatever reason, and, and I can assure you there's nothing nefarious. I think Penn State has started on the road in conference play 11 straight years. And oh. I think, I may have this wrong, but I think we're at six. We are. We're at six. And so that's been brought up uh, to, subtly. Uh, Maybe to, not the, so subtly. to the Big Ten about um, perhaps we can rethink that a little bit. So 
there's a lot of nuance to scheduling. Scheduling's hard. We thought we got close to having one, and then uh, we thought maybe we'd have Oregon and Washington uh, join the conference too. So we've got more work to do. Um, we're going to be meeting in person soon, and we're going to try to get at least that 24 rotational schedule figured out. Ken wants to know, how has the new football complex, how is it going, and how is it going to help recruiting? I think it's been it's going really well. You know, again, I want to salute our partners. Uh, you know, football is fully in there now. Uh, they're they're in the locker room. They're in the recovery areas. They're utilizing the equipment room. They're utilizing athletic training and athletic medicine. Those types of things. Still working hard with our partners on the rest of it. And and um, again, holding out hope that by the end of the calendar year we can get the rest. Uh, so it's it's just truly a remarkable facility. And uh, how's it going to help? Well, every single prospective student-athlete recruit is being walked through the Go Big project, seeing the impact, so much of it on recovery and, and player-specific uh, growth and development, which is really important to a lot of these recruits. So it's a, it's a really important uh, project to us. Very good. Um, question from Swede out in the panhandle. He said, I would love to see some of the Hall of Famers honored around the stadium, perhaps on banners around the light poles. The major award winners are obviously displayed in the North Stadium, but would love to salute all of our past great players. You know, it, it, it's a great point, and uh, I want to thank uh, I want to thank that person for that text. You know, we, there there is a lot of opportunity for us, Greg, to to do a better job of telling our story, and it's not just the football story. You know, it's all the rest of our sports, and we've kind of got this fragmented. You can go see a couple things over here, and. At the Go Big, there's going to be a public component maybe where you're going to see. But I think part of the Go Big opportunity is as that 315,000 square feet comes online, the backfill opportunity of our stadium, which is what we've been working on, gives us some opportunity to rethink how we engage our fans and, and showcase those. Um, quite frankly, it's and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but also in how do we engage our former football players, former student athletes. We can do a better job in that area. And that's part of what our thinking relative to the stadium project looks like. Very good. All right. Uh, we've had a couple of home games under our belt. The first one was notified as Ag Day. We had some displays out on West Stadium Drive. And you've done, I think, a marvelous job since taking over here of wrapping your arms around what's our, the biggest economic drive in this state, and that's the agriculture industry. Well, you know, I, I feel passionate about this. Um, you know, I love Nebraska. Um, and Nebraska's good enough, right? Like, I don't think we need to run from what makes Nebraska, Nebraska. Um, I think that's what our culture is. And I think agriculture, you know, I, we had an ag day, uh, obviously the game, but we hosted about 250 of the largest producers in our state the Friday before. We had a dinner, a couple presentations. Governor Pillen came and, and uh, really wanted to thank them. And this university was built by agriculture, right? I think our athletic department, a large part in our football program, was built by the support of the agriculture community and, and industry. And so, um, listen, we, we need to do as good a job as we can. And it's not just agriculture, but what makes this state unique? What's, you know, from coast to coast, what, what is it? And we all come together on these Saturday games. Let's celebrate that. And uh, it was a privilege to get to lift up. And I just love those on the big screen, you know, the farmers out in their cornfield or, or, you know, we get a little feedback sometimes. Not everybody loves John Deere. Some people like, case, you know, they want to, um, there's no effort to try to only showcase a certain type of machinery. I can promise our fans, but uh, 
love Ag Day, and uh, I love agriculture. I grew up on it, and it's a privilege to get to, to partner with them. Last weekend was the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. Not the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but the Nebraska Football Hall of Fame. It's an arm of the College Football Hall of Fame. Some former Huskers went into the hall. You were there. Some really touching speeches, and it was meant a lot. Taylor Martinez we had on pregame. Spencer Long was here. Troy Dumas, a guy you played with, was really Really taken back by the emotion of his that his speech that night. Yeah, I actually uh, I got to sit at the a table uh, with Troy and his family and his wife, and uh, you know I'll I'll tell you um, I, I don't think people the average fan probably doesn't understand how impactful it is to get the privilege to be a, a student athlete at the University of Nebraska. And the fact is, is while you're here, you know you appreciate it, Greg, but. Until you leave, until you get to experience the real world and then understand just how much this place invested in you and how much your experience met, I mean, and how the fans just embrace our student athletes. Um, you get a little older and a little wiser, hopefully, and you start to recognize just how impactful it was, not just during your time here, but everything. I mean, all of us have this little voice of Coach Osborne or Charlie McBride or George Darlington you know, constantly, and I'm sure it's that way for all of the sports. So great to see them. You know, people like Taylor. I'm, I don't, I don't, I haven't been back since I left. Right. You know, and so it's just great to have them back, and we need to do a better job of encouraging people to come back. Taylor had a, a line in his speech. I want to run this by you. He said, "To all the Husker fans, you're amazing. You're incredible. Even to the ones who didn't weren't big fans of mine." And I hope our fans remember that that these are 18, 19, 20 year old kids boys or girls, men or women, playing sports here. Sometimes we need to keep their – that they're trying their best at most times. And quarterbacks take maybe a more brunt than most other athletes do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to play quarterback at the University of Nebraska. It is. Uh, when things go well, you're probably going to get more credit and praise than you deserve. And when things go poorly, um, you're going to get more blame uh, than you probably deserve. But uh, I think it's part of what steals uh, and brings toughness to that position – um, it's not easy to play quarterback here, but if you can get through it. And I remember Coach Osborne telling us, you know, he, he put us through a lot. Um, but for those of us who stayed and those of us who fight through it, you will be rewarded. And it's not just your playing time in football. It's your life. You know, as Coach Rule says, and he's right, there isn't a single kid, um, young man, out on that field on Saturday that's trying to make a mistake. There's not a single football player that's hoping that a defensive end beats him around the corner. It's not happening. Every single one of them is giving all they have for the University of Nebraska. So you're right. Um, criticism's fine. Um, it's fair. Uh, but I do think a perspective from time to time is probably good. Yeah, it's good to see him back. You, you made the comment off air. He's matured a lot. And 10 years out of college, that'll do it to you. Dorothy Lynch, homestyle light and lean dressing, endless flavorabilities. Let's go to the phones up to Albion. Skunk Man, are you doing some harvesting right now? How are you? Uh, yeah, hauling some corn. Uh, but with Trev being on, I had I, I stopped at, at the side of the road because uh, I wanted no no interference on this from the tractor noise and everything. Trev, you're doing an awesome job. Uh, our light show, I think, takes the back seat to nobody. The drones, I don't know how you. Somebody says they're over by the Vanity Center, but that is so awesome that you got them that included with it. The technology. Uh, and as far as I was, I, I am a season ticket holder for football and for basketball. And uh, I love both both the stadium and uh, the vault. 
I also want to tell you that I also was at uh, the volleyball uh, spectacular uh, show, and 92,003 people. I'm telling everybody in the state of Nebraska, I was that third person. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thanks, Skunk Man. Thank you, Skunk Man. Uh, first of all, thank you for pulling over, and um, uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate your support. Thank you for, for supporting both. Uh, football and, and, and our basketball programs. You know, uh, I can't take a lot of credit. Our marketing department, led by Brandon Meyer, works really hard to come up with new and creative. And um, I remember uh, when I told him, um, whatever you do for the volleyball deal, make sure that we surpass what we historically do for football. We're going to do this one time. And so he said, well, uh, okay, what do you think about a drone show? And he brought me the first uh, um, proposal and what the cost would be. And um, to his credit, I said, Brandon, we can't do that. To his credit, he uh, was a good negotiator, and we got it to a palatable number. But just for those who don't know, uh, it would be great to be able to bring the drone show right above the, you know, the field. The reality is there's a safety issue, and so we don't have approval to bring it in. So that's actually, that drone, those drones are right above um, on the other side of the Go Big project. So the practice fields, those two grass fields, and so uh, just... And that first time we did it, I think it was at the volleyball game, actually one of the drones came down. So that's why you have to have it over there in case you have one that malfunctions or comes down. It's a safety issue. Uh, uh, I wish all of our fans got the same perspective of it because some of the seats, it's a little bit harder to see the drones. But the reason why it's where it is is it has to be in a place where there's no safety concerns underneath. But. Uh, Pretty cool. It was neat. It was neat. He mentioned basketball. Today was the first day of practice. The first day they could go out and practice. They're going to have a, a thing at the vault uh, on Friday night with a uh, rapper. DDG will be there. I don't know any songs from uh, that particular artist, but I'm sure it's going to be a fun time. And I think people are excited about it. Both Coach Hoiberg and Coach Williams' teams coming up here in about a month. Well, I think they should be excited. I, I mean, I really think, um, you know, you look at both of those programs and, and – uh, I'm excited about women's basketball, and I think having Jazz Shelley come back really huge is, is just really huge for our program, and, and a Amy continues to really build a great culture, and so I think you're going to continue to see some growth. They brought some good players in there, and then, of course, you know, Fred, the transfer portal, and some others. I mean, there's, there's quite a few additions, um, a real focus on defense, effort, energy. You saw some of that last year. I'm... I'm I am, uh, I'm bullish on both of those programs, and I think you're going to see teams that our fans really identify with and, and watch and love to compete. Casey might be the most popular athlete on campus right now. Well, we throw him up on the big screen at a football game, and, uh, you know, it, I think Lexi Rodriguez yeah, be surpasses close. him. She, yeah, I yeah, mean, Lexi, yeah, yeah she's, she's just so lovable, right? So I think it's Lexi, you know, but... Again, what, what, you love to, what you love to do when you go support, you love to see young people that uh, you really identify with and you just love their play. And our coaches have done a really good job of bringing in players you know, across the board that our fans can be proud of. They're good people. They work hard. They make mistakes. Uh, but in the end, um, I think they represent our athletic department so well. Very good. Hey, Woodhouse Auto Family, your trusted auto partner, 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. 402-413-2400. More with Trev coming up. Back inside our Huskers Radio Network Broadcast Center, sponsored by Acres, they are the Midwest premier John Deere dealers, supplying the equipment and service to advance agriculture and much more acres 
solutions for every field. Trev's with us till the top of the hour. David, on our text line for you, is there any way we can have microphones for the press when they ask questions during the post-game press conference? We certainly can, and we do. Um, it's something I think we need to communicate a little bit better. So. You will absolutely get those questions, but you have to go to our platforms. You have to go to Huskers.com or our Huskers app or Huskers YouTube channel. We can't control what some of our media partners choose to do. Right. You're not going to hear the questions if you go there. If you come to our platforms, all of the questions are included. So we can only control what we can control, which is if you come to our platforms, you will hear the questions along with the answers. Very good. Let's go to Omaha Doc of Rock. You're up with Trev. Good evening. Mr. Alberts, Mr. Sharp, how are we doing tonight? Go Big Red. Thank you, Doc of Rock. <laughs> you know, um, first, uh, Trev, I remember your, uh, I think it was an elbow injury back in the early 90s. I want to say maybe the 93 season. Was it the Oklahoma game? It was, yes. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of uh, how Saragusa had uh, fell on my Raiders quarterback, but that's another story. But, yeah, you ended up playing uh, with kind of an injured elbow. The way you guys got after Charlie Ward, just uh, thanks for your contribution to uh, Big Red history very much. Thank you very and, much. Uh, speaking, you bet. And speaking of our, our defense, man, if, if this is uh, the foundation uh, being laid and, and what's to come, Man, oh, man, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. Guys are flying to the ball. Uh, everybody involved uh, to go ahead and make sure the ball carrier is down. Now, some plays happen, you know, some yards are gained, some passes are complete, but no defense is perfect. But uh, really, really like the style and uh, the intensity and uh, Husker speed, as uh, Coordinator White calls it. So there's that. Um, wanted to hear your comments, and I'll probably listen off air. Uh, as far as stadium uh, improvement, seat backs, is, is there anything you could tell us with that? And, and thanks so much for your time, and go Big Red. Well, thank you very much, uh, Doc. I appreciate you uh, making the phone call. And, and um, you know, I first would just say I, I've been really impressed with Tony White. You know, I think Coach Rule made an excellent hire there. And uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about the three three five and how does it hold up. And certainly this is a team in Michigan that's going to challenge your run defense like very few. I mean, Blake Corum, uh, enjoy him as a running back. That's a, that's a tremendous running back. Although, I'll take Anthony Grant, by the way. Yeah. I love the way he runs. Uh, just a little bit on the stadium stuff. Um, you know, as, as we talked about, I think, several shows ago, um, uh, October 5th, uh, we'll be making a, a presentation and seeking approval from the Board of Regents. Um, you know, for those of you who aren't aware, a week prior by state law, we have to post uh, the agenda uh, that will be made public. So Thursday morning, uh, you know, an agenda for the October 5th Board of Regent meeting uh, will be made public. So I would only say, Doc, uh, uh, and you'll, I'm sure, see it, but uh, you'll probably see uh, some more information relative to the stadium modernization effort a little bit later this week. It's a good tease right there. All right. Stay tuned to the end of the week. Folks, buckle up. Put the phone down. A reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Interesting text for you. Trav, what's being done at Nebraska to address the problem of sports betting by college athletes? Oh, what a great question. Um, it's, a, it's a challenge, you know. I mean, uh, when a space that is, you know, so visible and so promoted across every, you know, avenue and, and broadcast that you see, um, it's against the rules in the NCAA. 
uh, for student athletes to participate. And so what we're doing is we're doing everything we possibly can. Uh, through education, uh, we actually had a mandated, um, it was 90 minutes. Uh, all of our student athletes were required to attend. We brought them up to the West Club Lounge. We had two different, the Osborne era and the Devaney era. And so half the student athletes spent 45 minutes and these were um, you know, speakers that, that we had come in, uh, experts in these areas. One was on hazing and one was on sports gambling. And uh, so, you know, um, people make mistakes. Young people do things that, uh, you know, that perhaps they regret later. But I think for us and our team, and that was really Keith Zimmer and life skills. It was his vision and his planning. Um, we need to do our part to educate our student athletes. Um, at the end of the day, it costs eligibility, you know, and these young people have such a window, such a short window to get to compete. And our job is to make sure that they understand um, what the rules are and what they can and can't do. And on the other hand is, you know, hazing is a little bit beyond the student athlete. That's part of the culture of the department. We want to make sure that we clearly communicate what efforts are there. And then another final thing that we have done is we actually have uh, included some software and, and um, we actually have avenues for our student athletes to anonymously communicate any concerns that they have uh, to our administration and to our coaches. And so uh, I'm, I'm very confident uh, that we have coaches here that would never tolerate those types of behaviors. Um, um, but I'm, 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 and I'm pleased with our effort to try to educate our student athletes on what's appropriate and what's not. Very it's good. a real issue and it's a challenge and we're doing the best we can to navigate through it. Very good. Good question. 402-413-2400. Need to slip in our final break. Back with some final thoughts from Trev coming up. Woodhouse Auto Family, your trusted auto partner, 20 brands, 20 convenient sales and service locations. We're making car buying on your terms. Visit us online at woodhouse.com. Final few minutes with Trev. Big football game Saturday, volleyball team going. I have to mention your soccer team is playing really, really well. I know they dropped a 1-0 decision yesterday, and I think number three, Penn State, but it's a good team. 7-2-2. Two and two. Uh, John Walker has a great team. Um, Eleanor Dale. Jeez, uh, an incredible goal scorer. Uh, Sarah Weber happens to be one of my favorites. And I uh, just love her style, the way she plays. So uh, another team, I think, with a great culture that has worked really, really hard. I think their two losses were against ranked teams. Uh, he's got an NCAA yeah. uh, a soccer program, and uh, I give him a lot of credit. But mostly I give a lot of credit for those young women. I, I love seeing them at the training table. They always smile. Um, you can tell they have a great culture. Um, get out and watch them. They're fun to watch. Got some home matches coming up this weekend. They were on the road last weekend, but home matches coming up this weekend. And your ball, ball bat sports have some fall scrimmages going on. And, and softball, I know you're trying to find a way to squeeze some more people in the bowling yeah. next spring. We talked about some of the uh, um, more high-profile student-athletes we have here. How about Jordy Ball? Yeah. I mean, and her impact uh, um, went out to a couple of those games. And, uh, yeah, she's not just a pitcher, by the way. Uh, she happens to be really good at the plate. And uh, I think she could play any position uh, in softball, but uh, they're going to have a really good team as well. Rhonda's uh, uh, built a great team, and, and uh, we're going to do everything we can. Uh, we're pressed a little bit for time, but we have got to find a way uh, to quickly navigate through a process that gets additional seating. I mean, we've got significant demand, and um, we need to meet that for our softball program. So I'll get an update from our facilities folks, but I know they're looking at how do we make some additional permanent seating and then maybe even some temporary seating that uh, um, gives an opportunity for all of our fans to see Jordy and her teammates compete. 
Trev, I've been to the first two home. This is a text. Been to the first two home games. Watched the tunnel walk. I've not seen an American flag. Did we miss it, or have they? Are they not carrying the flag out anymore? Oh, that's a great question. I, um, I think I, I've seen it either. So. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'll have to check. Um, uh, historically, that's been something that we've done. Um, I know Matt really wants Coach Rule. Um, this is about the, the players. So the players are leading out. I think it's a little bit different than he. Matt doesn't really lead the team out. Uh, some of the leaders and the senior leadership on the team. But um, um, I wasn't aware of that. Good question. Good question. Thank you. Uh, also, text question, Trev, I've, I've got seats on the East Club. A little bit of an issue the first couple games. Is that being addressed? Yeah, I, um, my update that I got, um, and I generally um, can um, see how it's going based on um, what some of the emails look like and other things, but uh, our team invested significantly in a, a bunch more point of sales after the first game was, was not good. And, uh, and part of that was uh, us just learning that this is now – premium seating and there's a different level of expectation and so I thought the team had a, a good plan in place um, um, and did a much better job made sure that we had food available there was one I think we ran out of uh, of one of those uh, but nothing like the first game so we'll, we'll keep working on it um, we can always do a better job in customer service we're not ever going to be perfect uh, but we're going to do everything we can to support uh, support all of our fans. Very good. And a question in the chat room about any idea when we might see next year's football schedule. <laughs> well, um, I'm also waiting. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're working on it. Like I said, we we had had uh, we had the 24 schedule that was prepared. Until then, we brought two additional teams, and so we've got several meetings with with Commissioner Petiti uh, scheduled that are are coming up that we'll we'll finalize through. I don't think we're going to get. The actual dates, I think we'll get who our opponents will be, and we'll still have to work through what the scheduling is and what those dates are. But um, I really am hopeful, and at least that's what we've been communicated with, while there's going to be some change, primarily all the work we did to get the schedule that had been released, I'm hoping we don't have to tear the whole thing up and start over. I think there can be some slight adjustments to bring you know, Oregon and Washington in. Certainly there will have to be an adjustment. Um, but, um, you know, our, our fans just need to understand that this is, uh, is going to be a lot different. And um, I know there's a little trepidation to, to sort of, you know, equate or, 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 you know, look at college football the same as the NFL. But from a competitive standpoint in the NFL where every single game is going to come down to the last four or five minutes, it's going to be two or three plays. It's going to be that's how razor thin these margins are going to be. When you start looking at these schedules, um, it's going to be very, very challenging. And the great thing is, as Matt said at his press conference today, young men don't come to the University of Nebraska to, to not play in games like this one we have this weekend, right? Every single game's going to matter, and it's going to be great. And our job is to rise to the level and find a way to win those games. Fantastic. About 30 seconds left. You mentioned com the commissioner. He came for volleyball day. What Did he not? He was here. Yeah, uh, Tony Petiti was here, chief operating officer. Kerry Kenny was here. Um, we had uh, uh, Governor Baker, the president of the NCAA, was here, and wow. much of his staff. And I will tell you, legitimately, they were blown away. Um, and uh, it was such a tribute to our team, uh, to our coaching staff, to our fan base. Um, and it, I'll tell you this much, um, the, you know, it's got a lot of people thinking across the country about what they could do and how do they, and they're seeing the opportunity that women's athletics is bringing. And I'm just so glad that we've been investing in women's athletics for a long time and we have a chance now to capitalize on it. Thanks, Trev. Thank you.